So understanding the buyer's journey and how to work your ad dollars within those five phases gives you a major advantage because you can step back and sit down and say, okay, where are we at? Do we feel as if we have enough of the top of the funnel people in the funnel? You know, where are we at from the middle of the funnel and so forth? Because a lot of people are so concerned, again, about closing the leads, getting leads in the front door when the reality of the situation is things like the awareness stage and maybe like the advocacy stage are not even addressed at all. So you find yourself just pumping more money into the center of the funnel when the reality of the situation is, is that what creates a great funnel is an equally balanced buyer's journey funnel. Hello everyone, welcome to Building a Better CAC by Comexis, a podcast dedicated to connecting the space between your revenue goals and sales and marketing initiatives. I'm Matthew McGordy, the social media content producer here at Comexis. I'm Len Ward, the managing partner Comexis. So today we're continuing our look into the seven questions of the three to one in 18 process. So as a refresher, these are the questions that we ask our would-be clients first before we can truly begin helping them see marketing differently. So last episode, we discussed the fifth question, which focuses on what your investment in digital marketing should be. And today we're gonna go one step forward with our sixth question. Where is my investment in digital marketing allocated? So Len, can you tell me how we help our clients determine where their investment in digital marketing is allocated? The quickest way to do that, what we do is we call a, we actually call it a sales funnel audit. And we like to look at companies um, where they are right now, prospectively from a marketing perspective and a sales perspective. So what we'll do is we'll take a look at their entire funnel and we'll try to identify where they need to move their asset dollars. So for an example, if you have an individual company that is a really, really, they have a tremendous um, tremendous uh, referral system where a lot of customers or a lot of partners give them referral system, we would then maybe recommend allocating digital dollars to what's considered the consideration and the purchase phase. And things like that would be like Google AdWords pay-per-click or maybe geofencing or retargeting and so forth. If you have a company that's maybe launching out a brand new product and they really don't know anything, but yet they do need some business in the front door, the way we would allocate it across the buyer's journey, which we'll touch on in a second, is we would go heavy in the awareness stage. Um, and we would make sure that people get to know what the product is. And then and maybe we would then turn around and take a look at things that may be buying leads or going into pay-per-click on the purchase phase to fill that need of actually getting money in the front door, all the while building up the awareness stage. How we allocate it is really predicated, you know, all the way back on the mathematics. We do start with, if we look at their sales and marketing funnel, and we realize they need leads or sales today, or they don't maybe not need leads or sales today and they have enough time to kind of let a product or message grow. Either way, we start with what is the current bidding environment on Facebook, on Google, on LinkedIn, and even if we have to go in and maybe purchase leads or something like that for them, we start there. Uh, and that's kind of how we identify a baseline number in which to spend. And then we start allocating that spend across the buyer's journey, again, predicated on their current sales funnel. Okay. so. Can you tell me a little bit about what the buyer's journey is? Yes. So the buyer's journey is actually a series of stages that your potential client or client will go through to ultimately end up as a client or actually exchanging money you know, from them to you. Uh, there are five stages that historically an individual will go through before they make a, make a decision. The buyer's journey is five stages. It's the awareness stage, the consideration stage, the purchase stage, the retention stage, and the advocacy stage. Uh, quickly, the awareness stage is somebody becomes aware of a pain point problem or your product. 
the consideration stage is they know they have a pain point or they know they have they are aware of your product and they're considering it, you versus other people. The purchase phase is where they're actually getting ready to get their credit card out or maybe sign a document to say they're going to become a client and you have to do certain things to make sure that happens. Um, the retention stage is actually account-based marketing. So you're marketing to your current client base. Maybe you're marketing to your past client base, uh, but you are actively doing things to keep them engaged and try to potentially come back if you have a product on which people can come back and repurchase it. And lastly is the advocacy stage, which actually fuels a lot of the other stages, which is making sure that you have a happy client base. You create that so-called screaming fan uh, I just make sure that, you know, past clients or current clients are actively advocating your services to their network of people that they work with. So can you tell me what are the advantages of using the buyer's journey? The advantage, the great thing about using the buyer's journey goes to where I feel as if, you know, as, as an industry as a whole, not just digital marketing, not just marketing, but even like the sales conversations, you know, one of the things that, that we're all lacking is fundamental concepts in which we have to stick with. Fundamentals in which, from a sales and marketing perspective, you can always lean on to start the conversation of where we're gonna allocate our dollars and what platforms are gonna allocate our dollars. So the advantage of it is truly looking at it at those five stages and saying, where do we need to, where do we need to fix these stages? Or, or where do we need reinforcements? Or, or where can we allocate money to maybe generate the revenue we need? You know, or hey, we had a really rough year, Maybe we don't have enough money, so we can't go heavy on like pay-per-click. But I think what the best thing about the buyer's journey is it does have you look in the stages of where your potential clients are. And I think too many times we've all been taught, especially from a digital marketing perspective, that got to get leads in the front door, got to close leads. And the problem is, is that as more and more people are putting more and more money into digital marketing, you're realizing it's becoming really cost prohibitive. And you're finding yourself like, whoa, and that goes to the whole larger conversation of, if I keep doing this, my customer acquisition cost is going to far outweigh how I, the numbers I need to run a profitable company. So understanding the buyer's journey and how to work your ad dollars within those five phases gives you a major advantage because you can step back and sit down and say, okay, where are we at? Do we feel as if we have enough of the top of the funnel people in the funnel? You know, where are we at from the middle of the funnel and so forth? Because a lot of people are so concerned, again, about closing the leads, getting leads in the front door when the reality of the situation is things like the awareness stage and maybe like the advocacy stage are not even addressed at all. So you find yourself just pumping more money into the center of the funnel when the reality of the situation is, is that what creates a great funnel is an equally balanced buyer's journey funnel. So that's why I think it's so advantageous to use that kind of one all around the world to get to the end point. But uh, that's why I think it's advantageous. It just gives you a set, set level of fundamentals that you can discuss between sales and marketing that you can use and then make more intelligent decisions by just sticking with those fundamentals. So you mentioned the awareness and advocacy stage being often overlooked. What is it about those stages that you think gets overlooked? People don't have the patience anymore to let a campaign or a brand build. They don't want to do it. And they'll hold agencies' feet to the fire or they'll grab their sales staff and bring them in the room and they'll be like, why aren't we closing more business? Why aren't we closing more leads? You know, have you ever thought people may not know about your product? Have you ever thought about people may not who the hell you are? You know, and sometimes, you know, an awareness stage is the investment that a lot of us don't like to make because it just comes down to, well, I'm not getting anything out of it. You're right, you're not gonna get any conversions out of it, but people are gonna to begin to get to know who you are. And then over the advocacy stage, you know, you have to, it's good to reach out to your clients to say, hey, can I get a referral? Or, hey, 
Have you ever thought about maybe can I do a testimonial or a case study? Because just by doing that in itself could help convert maybe 10 more percent of the business you have by firing up a case study on an email you know, campaign and sending it out to a client. So there are just two phases, I think, that are often overlooked because we are so fixated on converting business and leads today, which I get. Uh, but again, as more and more people are piling into the digital world right now, you're going to find yourself in a real problem unless you're just funded to the gills and great. But if you're not funded to the gills, you're going to have a problem just living in the purchase stage of the funnel. It's very, uh, uh, can't see the forest through the trees, right? You yep. get so focused on purchase and and uh, and leads leads and it's and, and that's the thing and everybody it's it drives me nuts when I have to see these digital agencies and these lead generation companies and all they do is they just keep pounding that pounding that and I actually believe that there is a firm place in the buyer's journey in the consideration phase I actually believe companies should be investing money in leads there are third-party companies that will generate you leads you absolutely should be investing money there let them take the full brunt of pay-per-click dollar or pay-per-click investment and investment in marketing which maybe you can't afford so i think it should be there but this mentality of i gotta you know we have to have 25 leads in from pay-per-click on a daily basis yeah okay if you have the money sure but if you don't have the money that's not going to happen yeah. at least right now so okay and uh so we're gonna be closing out the show here now but if you have any questions uh, about the buyer's journey, we have a, a page on our site where you can go, you can learn a little bit more about each steps. And then in the coming times, I'm going to be putting together some nice little video explanations as well of each step of the buyer's journey, uh, as well as a general overview video too. Um, so it's possible that if you're listening, they will already be up, um, but that's coming in the future. So if you're interested in those steps, definitely take a look at them. Um, if you're interested, you can also take a look at some of our uh, previous podcasts called The Buyer's Journey, which focused all about that. Um, you can learn some things about the steps there as well. Um, and that's it. Any, any final thoughts, Alain? I think the one thing, and I probably should have maybe went to the beginning of the, of, the, of the podcast and said why this was so important. You know, it's so important because individuals have become much more savvy in the way they search and the way they're looking for things and that they do have to be truly touched 10 to 15 times before they'll actually do anything on your website, even to fill out a form or do anything. So a lot of times, you know, when you make that investment to actually touch a prospective client 10 to 15 times along the buyer's journey, they feel more confident and more comfortable having or interacting with you and purchasing your product, opposed to sometimes when you're so heavily focused on the purchase stage, they may not have any research on you. You know, they may just be kind of looking at it and, and just, you know, and comparing you to somebody they have an enormous amount of research for. Sure, they can go do research for you and extend the buyer's journey. But I think that's the number one thing about the buyer's journey and, and, and understanding that we don't search the way we used to. And it's really rare unless there's an emergency that an individual is going to go search for a product and purchase the product right away. It does happen on occasion, but it's happening less and less. And you have to respect that your current prospective clients are walking along this journey. And it's your job to make sure you have the right value-added content along that journey so they ultimately convert. Absolutely. Well, that's all for today's episode of Building a Better CAC. Check us out on Comexus.com, YouTube, and anywhere you can get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at Comexus. Thanks for listening.